Hello everyone. I hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend. Um, now the kids are all back in school and the fall is approaching. We're looking forward to cooler weather. I think that you probably are too. You know, the world is, as we all know, is full, full, full of bad news. If you turn on the news, it's all, almost always all bad news. You know, and it can be really tempting to focus on bad news. You know, bad news spreads faster than good news. Bad news grabs people's attention. And bad news causes fear. And I talked about fear and learning to overcome fear in the last two videos that I did. So I encourage you to look at that because there are people out there, lots of people that are pandering fear, that are trying to get people fearful and angry and upset and worried. But did you know that the Bible is overflowing with good news for all people and especially for Christians? God has given us the most wonderful gifts and promises ever given. He's given that to mankind. So today I'm going to share about one of those gifts. It's called the blessed hope, the blessed hope. And you might think, well, what is that? What is the blessed hope? The blessed hope is the promise of the return of Jesus at the end of the age. So we have this hope that Jesus is returning to get the church, which he calls his bride, and, and, and get us out of here and make a new heaven and a new earth and, and uh, that we'll live eternally with him. We have that blessed hope that Jesus is returning. In Titus 2, Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 11, in the NIV, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation appeared to all men. So Jesus is the grace of God. He appeared to all men. That grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Um, so we're supposed to be doing all that that it just said, no, saying no to ungodliness, no to worldly passions, to, and to live self-controlled and upright and godly li lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, <clears throat> excuse me, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So we're waiting for the blessed hope, the glorious, the glorious appearing of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. We're waiting for that. And the Bible says right here in Titus that while we're waiting we're supposed to be eager to do what is good. We're supposed to live uh, holy and godly lives. You know, in the New Testament, there's several people that are, are uh, singled out or identified as they were really looking for Jesus' first coming. They were anticipating it. They were watching. They were looking for it. Um, an example is Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Also, John the Baptist was looking for the coming of Jesus. Uh, the wise men, um, they didn't just show up on the night that Jesus was born or, you know, two years after Jesus was born or three years after, whenever it was that they exactly were there. They planned way in advance. They saw that star. They journeyed a long, long time, and they they had to gather the finances. They had to gather the, the uh, animals. They had to gather the helpers. They had to do all kinds of things because they were anticipating the birth of Jesus, uh, the coming of the Savior. The prophets Simeon and Anna were waiting expectantly for the Messiah. So 
they have that privilege of waiting for his first coming and we have the wonderful privilege of waiting for his return, his second return, his second coming. You know, the Bible has so, so, so much to say about the second coming of Jesus. And you know, we've all tried to figure out, well, exactly how is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? You know, just like much, very much like they did for his birth, for his coming, uh, his first coming upon this earth. And they weren't able to figure it all out, but they knew it was coming and they were anticipating. And we may not be able to figure it all out, but we know it's coming and we're anticipating and looking forward to his coming. In Matthew 24, verse 36, Matthew 24, verse 36, and I'm reading from the NIV. It says, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be with the coming of the son of man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that is how it will be at the coming of the son of man. So in other words, people are just going about their everyday lives, you know, buying, selling, going to work, coming home, doing their laundry, um, just doing all the things that people do, eating and drinking. And then the day of the Lord will come. Verse 42, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So we're supposed to be watching and expecting and anticipating his coming. Verse 44, so you must so you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So we need to watch, watch and be ready with great anticipation and great expectation. And how do we, how are we, you know, how do we get ready for Jesus's return? Well, first of all, we need to be born again. We need to become a Christian. We need to put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as our savior. We need to turn around, repent of our sins and we need to live for God. These scriptures that I read earlier, we need to live godly lives. You know, living a godly life won't get you into heaven. It just is a testament to the work that's done on the inside of you. And it's also what the Lord requires of us. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 1 Timothy 6, it says, But you, man of God, flee from all this. And he's talking about different kinds of sin. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made uh, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse fourteen: uh, to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We here he's talking about it again. We're to live godly lives until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be watching and waiting for him. Verse 15, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Ah, I'm waiting for the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you? Second <clears throat> Timothy 4 verse 7 second timothy 4 7 it says i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day 
not only to me, but also all who have longed for his appearing. You know, there's a special award for people, reward for people who are longing for the appearing of Jesus, who are looking for him, who are anticipating him coming, who are watching the signs of the time. There's a special reward for you. Let's watch for his coming. Let's anticipate his coming, that blessed hope of Jesus Christ coming again. Um, in John Jill's, ex, John Jill's exposition of the Old and New Testament, it talks about this verse and it says, to, uh, to all them that love his appearing, that is his appearing at his second coming, which is to be loved, and so looked for by the saints, not only because it will be glorious in itself, in its attendance and consequences, but will be of great advantage to the saints. Christ will appear unto salvation to them, and so to their joy they will appear with him in glory and be like him and enjoy the everlasting vision of him. Isn't that wonderful? The devils believe this appearance of Christ, but tremble at it. The wicked men will behold him in fear. Saints will know, believe, and love both. Christ in his appearing and such will wear that crown. All that love him now will love him then. Isn't that awesome? What a glorious, wonderful hope we have ahead of us. In Matthew 25, 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So in this scripture, you want to be sure that you're a sheep because those are his people and those are the people that are going to be in glory with him at the end times. You don't want to be a goat. You don't want to be a person that is not serving the Lord. Colossians 1, 3 said, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. The faith and love that spring, now listen to this, for the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel. So we have this blessed hope and we also have hope that is stored us up for us in heaven. God has so many precious and wonderful gifts for us. Colossians 3 verse 4, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Oh, what a wonderful treasure we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and revel, you know, sometimes we just need to learn about heaven and need to learn what it's going to be like in heaven so we can just look forward with great anticipation to that day. In Revelation 21, verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. 
Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Christians, that's where we're headed. We have this great anticipation, this great hope, this great expectation of the Lord Jesus Christ coming again and and great expectation of our heavenly home. Jonathan Edwards has said, to pretend to describe the excellence, the greatness, or duration of the happiness of heaven by the most artful composition of words would be to darken and cloud it. To talk of raptures and ecstasies, joy and singing, is but to set forth very low shadows of reality. See what's going to go on in heaven in, in, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes is beyond words. The glory of it, the awesomeness of it, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like. So I want you to live each day as though it is the day of Christ's glorious return and be watching and waiting for him. You know, uh, we've learned that Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven and we want to be sure that we're one of those people that go. In John 14, 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place I am going. And Thomas, one of his disciples, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you don't have your place in heaven yet, if you haven't placed your trust in Jesus, I just encourage you to do that today. Repent of your sins. Just turn your life around and uh, call on Jesus. Make him the Lord and Savior of your, of your life. And he will definitely change your life. He'll make you a new creation. And you'll and he'll be preparing a home for you in heaven. And you'll have that glorious hope like other Christians do. So I encourage you to do that. And I encourage you to share this message with other people. Uh, people that maybe are, are focused too much on what's going on in the world around them. Are people that might be down and, and, and out. Just encourage them by sharing this message about the blessed hope that Christians have. We'll uh, see you later. Bye-bye.